Welcome to the Arts and Antique Radio Show, where your host, nationally recognized certified appraiser Elizabeth Stewart, Santa Barbara's treasure sleuth, will help you put a value on the treasures in your own home. Every time it rains, it rains pennies from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains pennies from heaven? So let's find out. How valuable is it? Beautiful Elizabeth Stewart. Number of years ago at the mall, you know, where Macy's is, guys, um, happened to be bumming around and I ran into a gallery and it was amazing. Um, I, I recognized some of the names of the artists that were showing there and um, I was, okay, how did this art gallery end up in this commercial, you know, kind of all-American mall? <laughs> and uh, I thought to myself, well, I got to know who is the director here. Um, one of the artists, so it's Mike Cregan. Well, get to know him, and, and here's the phone number. He came on the program, Richard, um, probably four years ago now, and talked to us about the project in Lacumbra Mall. And uh, I, I thought well, it would just be interesting to find out what's going on with Mike, because I've, I've been hearing there's going to be a new project happening there. Um, Macy's has been, um, they're going to redo that whole area where Macy's was. And so I thought, okay, I, let me see how Mike is doing and how the, his artists are doing. Because since we've met Mike, um, I've become friends with some of your artists and had them on the show as well. Um, and every other week, there's an art walk down there. So I was getting in touch with Mike last night. And I said, you know, can you come on the program? He says, yeah, we're kind of busy. We're, we've got now five galleries. And there's a, a sixth one run by the Art Fund down there. That's amazing. So I said to Mike, can you stock the galleries? Are there enough artists? Well, Elizabeth, you can't swing a cat in this town without hitting an artist. So, of course, there's enough artists. Mm -hmm. uh, can you make enough sales? Yeah, we're doing good. I mean, a testimony to that is that we've got now started with one. Now we've got five galleries, art galleries. That's fantastic news. I think that's great. That speaks to Mike. It speaks to his artists and speaks to the town supporting that kind of stuff. Um, and so I've got Mike Cregan here with me to talk a little bit about the project. And an artist, Eric Sanchorges, is also with us, uh, who is a member of the collective there. And I want to talk to him a little bit about how he ended up coming to this country and how he ended up being an artist in this country, et cetera. Mike, why don't you introduce us to the project? Okay. Well, um, as you noted, um, back a ways back, uh, maybe four years ago or so, um, I had uh, just returned from a trip to New York City and I was walking through La Cumbra and it was uh, uh, just a veritable ghost town at that point. Yeah. Um, there were very few places there. Um, in fact, the building that, the couple buildings that were in were, had no, maybe one space in them and that was it. And so, uh, and I got to thinking, well, that's interesting because I don't remember seeing any empty spaces in 
the storefronts in Midtown Manhattan. And I got to thinking, I wonder why, why is that, you know? And, um, and one of the things that I spotted was that um, they have number one art galleries uh, or art museums, excuse me, in that area, Museum of Modern Art and some other ones. And then they have a number of galleries. So there's a reason for people to be down uh, walking the streets there, um, not that they're going to be buying a t-shirt or uh, some shoes or something. And there's another reason for them to be there. And, um, and that got me thinking. And uh, so I went to the people who uh, managed them all and uh, kind of gave them this idea. And they actually, a, a little bit to my surprise, um, reacted very, very positively. And I um, should also note that my original idea was to have uh, maybe eight small spaces there and have like one or two artists in each space working there and also then displaying their art. Now that just shows how little I knew about artists because uh, there's no artist that's gonna wanna sit there all day to keep the doors open. Uh, so that was not going to work. And we eventually came up with um, the thing of having eight artists in one space so that then that particular responsibility could be you know, uh, divided up and then, you know, not, not much of a burden, you know, maybe once a, a week or once every 10 days, um, spending an afternoon with, you know, managing or, you know, uh, keeping the door open, um, but being able to work there most any time. And, uh, and so that, that was a workable thing. And so the mall just asked me, um, oh, can you put it together? because I wasn't actually thinking of doing that at first. And they said, can you put it together? Do you know any artist? And uh, I thought, I said, yeah, I do. I can, I'll do it, you know, but I didn't know anybody <laughs> and, uh, actually, but I did have a friend who had a gallery out in San Inez Valley. And then they put me in touch with people in Santa Barbara and it went from there. And, yeah. Yeah. And so then one of the things, though, I think that's that's helped in all this expansion is the fact that initially, um, many of the artists were thinking, um, "Wow, I'm a, a, a pretty independent person, and how am I going to? How is it going to work? Me being in space with other artists, and how am I going to get along with them?" And they're very worried about that. And the amazing thing was that about a month after we first opened, they would come to me, up to me individually and say, oh, this is so great. These people, they're like my family. And, um, and they began to do some collaborations and some other sorts of things. And they discovered that it actually was a really good thing. And so, like I say, now we have three uh, galleries that are the Lacumbre Center for Creative Arts. We have another gallery that uh, uh, the Arts Fund has there. And the Arts Fund were very instrumental in making the funk zone the funk zone. And then we also have the Voice Gallery, which also is the, uh, in the back area, has the offices for the Voice Magazine. So, so there's five galleries there now. 
And then it was just announced um, at the Grace Fisher Foundation. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but uh, they have a fundraising concert at the Granada Theater each um, December. And during that uh, fundraising concert, they announced that they are gonna be opening a space, an art space at La Cumbra to um, part of their mission is Grace Fisher, and I hope I'm not going on too long. Grace, Grace Fisher, uh, as a uh, uh, teenager, was had been accepted to and was getting ready to go to the Berkeley School of Music uh, to be a composer and musician. And she got a disease, unfortunately, that uh, paralyzed her from the neck down. And she wasn't able to go there. But she was very determined and to find a way to still be creative. And so she has found, uh, 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 and her mom have formed a foundation, the Grace Fisher Foundation, that helps other uh, kids, teenagers, who have uh, disabilities to be able to fulfill their art dreams, whether it's painting or sculpture or music or drama, whatever it might be. And they are going to be headquartered uh, at La Cumbra in, a, in the space that's actually right next door to the Arts Fund. And they're opening in February. So at that point, we will have six uh, galleries because that's part of their space and, and creative endeavors there. And um, we had originally hoped that we would be able to eventually make it into an art destination. And it's, it's getting to be that way. Oh, that's fantastic. That's such a great success story. And I've heard about the Grace Fisher Foundation. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's extremely noble, and she's an incredible woman. Um, yes, incredible. She is. Uh, so, so you know, I just want to just ask Mike. So, Mike, you, your experience in art organization or art administration or as an artist? Any experience before this revelation in Midtown Manhattan that we needed a, a mixed use, creative, commercial model? No, <laughs> I, I, uh, I knew nothing about uh, art galleries or, I mean, other than having been in them, that sort of thing. And, um, and I'm not an artist myself. I don't draw, I couldn't draw to save my life and, uh, or sculptor, uh, though I suppose some Play-Doh things I could do. Um, but, uh, you know, so I don't, but I really wanted to make this happen for the artist, for the mall and for the community. And that's one of the things that the people and why they've worked with me, the people at the mall, is that they sense that we're not out for ourselves only, that we are also wanting to help the mall be a better place and to help them attract other people and for the community to have something there that's good for them. And so, and I think that's one of the things that has actually made it, made it work. Wonderful. You know, um, before we go to quick break, I just want to mention uh, one of our artists, Eric Saint-Georges, is here. Um, and uh, one of the artists from the um, La Cuba Arts Collective with an interesting story to tell. And so don't turn that down, dear listener, back in a minute. Um, hey, Richard, let's go to quick break. Caught like a sewer rat, alone but I say. Caught like Trust to bread, but oh, do I will? Seldom stumble, never cry. 
Welcome back. It's Elizabeth Stewart. We're talking with Mike Cregan, who is the director and the founder of the La Cumbra Arts Collective. And it's a fantastic story, a fantastic success story. And Mike was telling us, you know, visiting Midtown Manhattan, he was struck by the fact that it wasn't just a place to buy shoes and and souvenir t-shirts that it was interspersed with really interesting galleries and museums, et cetera, gave people a reason to walk around and stay there. And he brought this to the directors at the mall and said, you know, what do you think we could open a gallery? Well, now he's got five galleries there. And Mike, how many artists in total do you think that? The well, we have in, in, in our uh, group, uh, the Cumber Center for Creative Arts, we have 24 artists. And it's not um, like many collectives are something where it's like a hundred artists and they have one space. And so they change off, you know, every right. three months you might have something displayed. These are like artists in residence. And some of them have been with us since the very, most of them actually have been with us since the very beginning. And they have workspace, generally workspace there and display space. So it's not just like a re revolving, you know, what's the stock? The stock is the art. It's the artist that's actually there. Um, and and you, you were telling us that your model was, let's say, you've got eight artists that sort of share the same space. And there's one artist who's kind of the, the curator for the day or the week, Mike? Well, it's sort of usually there's a leader. Uh, each gallery kind of selects somebody to kind of uh, lead things because you need to have somebody that's kind of heading things up. And then the rest of them kind of decide collectively, you know, um, you know when they're going to change uh, the windows, when they're going to change things around a bit, when they're going to do this and that and daily policy sorts of things. But, but when the public is there, so let's say yes. I, I go in, do I see the artist, the lead artist, for example, being the shopkeeper? No, they they schedule each other. Uh, once a month, they sit down and get together what days they have available and that sort of thing. And then they, assi they assign, I guess you could say, um, you know, uh, you've got Tuesday this week, you've got Wednesday, they make a calendar of it. And so all eight of the artists do spend usually about three slots per month uh, where they are there to keep the doors open and help anybody who wants to buy the art. And usually um, they're also working there at the same time. And many of the artists work there even when they're not sitting there because they have the space to do painting and that sort of a thing. Right. So I remember it was probably three years ago you asked me to, do, to present a talk to the artist. And it was so it was great for me to be there and and. Uh, and meet, I remember the wonderful photographer, Kenji, I met that night because John, my partner's yes. a photographer and, and he and Kenji hit it off. And, um, and, and you know, uh, the, the, I was talking to the artists about what the art world, how the art world looks at an artist in regards to the market of the artist um, and what are the influences of the market on the artist. It, it was a kind of an interesting talk because at the end of the talk, if you remember, Mike, um, one of the artists said, would you, would you, you know, Elizabeth, you've been looking at art for 35 years or so. Would you would you, you know, do a an art market one woman critique? And mm -hmm. so then a number of artists had popped out of the woodwork and brought 
canvases up to the front and said, you know, mm-hmm. what as a as a as an appraiser uh, working for like an insurance company or or a gallery or a museum, which I do, you know, mm-hmm. what what would you look for? How would you how would you understand the work of art? There were some darn good work. <laughs> I mean, I was hard pressed to find anything to say, except that's great. <laughs> you know, I was mm-hmm. really surprised. Yeah, it was fantastic. So, yeah. so I, I want to talk a little bit with Eric St. Georges. I hope I'm saying that right. Yes, um, uh, you're saying very well, actually. <laughs> more, okay. more the French way than the American way. <laughs> so, Eric, so tell me, what's your medium? What do you do for the uh, for the collective? Tell me a little bit about about you. So, I'm a sculptor mostly. I do also a lot of uh, life drawings, but. Uh, I spend much more time doing sculpture because uh, I'm doing bronze and this is very time consuming. Um, I go to the uh, city college to uh, have access to the foundry, which is beautiful. And uh, I have access to the, uh, the the shop where I can do also uh, uh, work with steel uh, and wood. So that's a wonderful space. So I joined okay. the, I joined the, uh, the gallery uh, in the, uh, La Cumbre Gallery just uh, maybe a year and a half ago because I was moving from the Bay Area uh, two years ago. And it was wonderful for me to find that space and a wonderful team of other artists. And what was really wonderful for me when I moved uh, to Santa Barbara where I didn't know anybody uh, was to do uh, to do art because I get... Uh, very, very quickly connected with so many people. That was really wonderful. So, so Eric, so in your group, so you're in a specific group of artists and some of the other artists that are in your group, who are they? Okay, so I'm in the uh, Illuminations Gallery and uh, we are eight artists. We have Michael Mead, who is the uh, artist, uh, who is the gallery leader. He's a photographer. We have... Felice Willat, uh, another photographer, wonderful. Uh, we have uh, Rebecca Miller, she is a painter. Uh, we have uh, Pali Exmano, who is the uh, artist with those, this wonderful inflatable sculpture for the uh, Solstice Parade. Um, has been around for so many years doing this, is very well known in the community. Uh, I know Polly. I know Polly really, really well, and he's <laughs> he is a character. I, I was wondering if you were in his group because he's he's something else, isn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's so sweet and so generous with his time, and he's a wonderful person. Uh, I have. We have also Brian, uh, who is an abstract painter. Uh, did I forget? Uh, oh, yeah, we have Mary D. Thompson, who is another sculptor doing bronze and now painting. And um, so, so may, may I ask Eric, what's your medium? I know you said you're a sculptor, but what's your medium? I work mostly with clay and then I make bronze, uh, which I cast myself. And uh, so that's for the sculpture. And I do, uh, I work a lot from life. We're using uh, working with life models and I do also yeah. life drawings and so um, I have both of these media at the at the gallery. And so were you trained in 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 France or you you stay you're studying at City College now right? Well I was trained in France as an engineer <laughs> 
And uh, I did uh, 35 years of engineering. And then in 2015, I decided that's enough. And I switched to, uh, to sculpture. So I started to do to take some classes for the bronze casting at the uh, uh, in the Bay Area at the uh, West Valley College, a community college. That's where I learned how to cast bronze. And then I was uh, a teaching assistant uh, there for a little while before I moved to the Bay Area, uh, to Santa Barbara. Now, do, now do you say you, you cast yourself? Yes. Wow. So it, I mean, that's kind of an endeavor. So would you have, do you have a foundry in the back of your, of your yard? I mean, where's your foundry? Uh, I go to a city college to cast it. To okay. The okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a, that's a foundry a, in, the, <laughs> in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. When I first moved to Santa Barbara, I met a guy who did have a foundry in his backyard. I think there was some issues with the city. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, he couldn't he couldn't you know, he couldn't cast any other way. So you know it's but by the way, dear listener, it's a very specific, almost scientific process, uh, lost wax casting, and um, it's not to be undertaken by the faint of heart or the chemically adverse or the heat <laughs> adverse, right, Eric? It's it's a it's 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 something. It's high, uh, almost you know you almost get the sense, Richard. You know the. So this word foundry, so what Eric is talking about, you know, he's a sculptor, he makes the maquettes and then he does the lost, lost wax casting. And so he's casting in bronze, the maquette, and it's a, it's a very interesting process. But when you talk about like the ancient uh, myth of the smith, you know, who's, who's hammering out the anvils with the hot stove and the, you know, this is the, that's what casting looks like. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it, it's very 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 intense. And what, so what, I, that's what I was saying, Eric. So where do you cast? So <laughs> yes. And uh, when we uh, when we pour the the hot bronze into the uh, the molds, and we have always some people that we invite to to watch, and they're always very very impressed, and it's a very exciting moment. It is. It is. It's a, a birth of fire, isn't it? It's a yeah. birth from a fire. Yeah. Fantastic. And Mike, have you seen Eric uh, at, at work and cast in his casting? Um, no, I haven't. Uh, you got to go. You got to go. You got to see it. I have to. Uh, that'll be on my list of things <laughs> to do because now it sounds pretty, pretty interesting. It is. It's fantastic how metallurgy was born, basically, was the Bronze Age. That's why we call it the Bronze Age and the age of metallurgy. I mean, this is all about the, the kiln and the casting. It's just, it's it's an ancient thing. It's an ancient well, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know that many people coming into the gallery are absolutely fascinated by Eric's work. I would say of the people, when I've been there and people coming in, uh, and I shouldn't, this is going to sound like I'm playing a favorite or something like that, but uh, I'll have to say that uh, his work draws generally the most attention. That's fantastic. Gosh, Eric, I mean, that's wonderful. And you're just so new. This has been a year. That's fantastic. And you're liking Santa Barbara now as an artist. I love it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What a nice story, Mike, that he found a home with, you know, your people there. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's a beautiful story. Okay, we'll get, go, let's go to quick break. And then, um, you know, I, I want to actually just ask Mike a few more questions about the future. 
what the future looks like mm-hmm. for that space when we get back from the break. And then we're going to talk to Rosie Gordon. And Rosie is a director, and she's got a play happening now at the Ojai Arts Center Theater. Really interesting. Let's go to a quick break. Don't turn that dial. Back in a minute. It's Elizabeth Stewart, and I'm talking with Mike Cregan and Eric St. Georges um, about the La Cumbra Arts Center. And this is um, a surprise. We have Rebecca, who is an artist who's within the center, and she just popped on the screen and is joining us. Uh, I want to ask Mike for follow-up questions that I promised, dear listener, I would ask him which is what does he see for the future, you know, of that space and of the artist collective in that space? You know, it was designed as a commercial space. And now we hear that Macy's is going to have a total reconditioning, facelift, mixed use development happening. And we hear that, you know, the other parts of the mall are changing. The old Sears is taken over by a um, downsizing Miss Daisy and, you know, that's a, a consignment store and it's changing. And Mike, mm-hmm. what do you see? What do you see for the future? Oh, well, the, I should note the first, the very near future is that tonight we are having an art walk at the uh, Lucumbra Center for Creative Arts and also the other galleries. And it's going to have wine and snacks and music and a community um uh, uh, canvas that people can contribute to, and also a photo booth, which is not your average photo booth. It's Kenji is going to be running it. So the photos that come out of it are quite artistic with very interesting lighting and that sort of thing. So five to eight tonight, if you uh, if you if you want to come. Now, as far as the longer range future, you know we want to you know first we want to get um, the Grace Fisher Foundation integrated into the space so that all six of us and work together uh, to make uh, even more uh, creative use of it. There's another person who I can't name who is looking around uh, with the management to for another gallery space there. So hopefully we'll have a seventh gallery coming up soon. And, um, and again, we just want to make it so that it is a very interesting space for people to come to and we're going to add, as I say, we're going to have the City College uh, Theater Department is going to be doing some one-act plays in one of the galleries on February 2nd. And we want to do more of that, have poetry readings and that sort of thing to enhance, you know, the artistic character of, of the place. And then if Macy's does what they're doing, um, actually, I think that's going to be uh, something that works to... Uh, our advantage because you'll have a community of 600, uh, probably like about a thousand people there right next door, right adjacent. And I think that's gonna make it um, actually even better and make it, make it, I hope, a real hub of uh, artistic activity. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. You know, that would be just, it was, I'm blown away with the success and, you know, over COVID, I, I didn't really, catch up with Mike and now I'm finding out all the great success. It just warms my heart that we as a community have the 
you know, have the bandwidth to 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 do such a thing. And Eric wanted to mention when we were at break, he was right uh, giving us a list of the artists that were involved in his space. And I think you said, Eric, you wanted to just give a shout out. You missed one. Yeah, I missed uh, missed our latest uh, artist who joined the gallery uh, last year, Beate uh, Amer. And uh, just want to make sure that I don't forget. One of us. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And I want to ask Rebecca. Rebecca's on the line, uh, who's an artist with the um, with the center. Rebecca, do you hear me? Yes, I do. Okay. So you're a painter. What's your last name? Martyr. M-A-R-D-E-R. Rebecca Martyr. Okay. And you're in the collective and you're not with Eric Saint-Georges. You're with, in another collective, right? Actually, I am with Eric. Okay. With okay. Eric. <laughs> There you go. And what do you think of Eric's work? I love Eric's work. It's so inspiring. <laughs> and um, it's very easy to show. People come in and they're just drawn to it. They go, you know, right to it. And um, I just love his freedom and his the sort of raw, soulful and aspect of his work. Yeah, it's great. You're very Eric, sweet, uh, Eric, Rebecca. Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric, what do you think of Rebecca's work? I love her paintings. She's doing beautiful painting using mixed media and collage. And uh, uh, and it's also she has a space there where she works. And it's very nice to, to see her there. Uh, beautiful paintings. I like her work. Thank you. And not always beautiful. I'm one of these people that unlike the plain air or sort of representational artists, I have the freedom at La Cumbra to, to just be inspired to be myself and sort of self-express. So I do abstract paintings and I do tend to mess them up a little. <laughs> so they're not always beautiful, but um, yeah, I really enjoy working in the space. People come in and they love to hear the, you know, the process and the collaborations of our gallery and the diversity of each artist and mixed mediums. And so Rebecca, may I ask how, how, it, what's the financial gain like? I mean, are you, are you making it okay selling? Yeah. Yes, I am. Are, Just out of nowhere, someone will come and buy a painting right out of the window or, you know, Eric actually recently, sold one of mine he he um yeah so it's um it 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 you know it's just about when i'm ready to say what am i doing this for then i'll sell two or three pieces <laughs> so it's 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 um it's really a mystery how that works you know sometimes it's a really old piece that i've had for you know seven years um <clears throat> but it's it's really it's really uh what's the word it's so it's just magical how it kind of all came together the, the gallery the three galleries and the camaraderie and the support and the community um involvement. And how, how long rebecca how long have you been in the collective since the very beginning yeah i was right with the, right with mike in the beginning mike and marie very true. Yeah. yeah. And uh, regarding the, the remark of Rebecca regarding saying that it's magical, uh, 
what happened to me at, at the gallery once there was a this woman she was uh, she missed a bus to go to LAX so she was waiting for the next bus which was three hours later so, so she was hanging out and she stepped in the gallery and bought two of my pieces <laughs> and she was from <laughs> Australia <laughs> right really that's how it works. yep that's yeah. how it works. <laughs> that was really that's funny then, so did she take him with you on the take him with her on the plane? Yes. You're kidding. <laughs> no, that's how it works. It's just extraordinary. Yeah. Well, that is remarkable. That's remarkable. So they they're heavy pieces of bronze, and she's taking them with so them. She, with she, her. Bought, she bought a small bronze, so uh, maybe uh, six seven pounds, and a drawing that I could uh, roll into a tube for her. So she's been able to carry that home easily. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, what, what Rebecca was saying, and I, I see Richard, we got to go to quick break, but, but Rebecca was saying it's really true. You know, it, 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 there's, a, there's a synergy between the viewer and the work, and either it happens or it doesn't, you know, and it, right. it's very, very quick. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and usually it's very personal, although I've often studied you know, married couples buying art and how that is a problem sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can imagine. It isn't because one time a couple came in and they said, let's walk in and each of us pick our favorite piece and don't say anything. And then, so they each went around the gallery and then they met at the center desk and they both picked my piece one of my pieces you know one of 20 that's the piece they both picked so <laughs> there it is there's another version of it it's like couples disagree and then sometimes they really are like in sync in a in an extraordinary way yeah yeah let me let me uh talk a little bit about the program that we have which is the loan program so the idea is that if you want to try a piece of art, you're not sure whether there's the right space, uh, the right size, uh, you can take it home for several weeks without uh, for free. And if you decide you don't want to keep it, you bring it back, otherwise you just pay for it. Fantastic. Let's go to a quick break. And, you know, I have to thank you, Mike. Thanks so much for joining today. And gosh, I, I, I'm remiss. I should have been much more in touch during COVID because the great success over there. And Ari St. Georges, thank you. And Rebecca, thank you so much. We're going to we get back from the break. We're going to talk to Rosie Gordon, who is the director of a, of a new play, kind of an interesting play as well. And this is her directorial debut at the Ojai Art Center Theater. So we want to actually ask her what it feels like to, she, she's been in theater all her life and this is her first gig directing. So love, love to hear about that when we get back from the break. And thanks Mike and Eric and Rebecca, mm -hmm. thank you so much for You're joining. Welcome. Thank you very much. Let's go to, thank you, Eric. Let's go to quick break, Richard. Welcome back. It's Elizabeth Stewart, and we're talking with Ru Rosie Gordon about a new play 
that's at the Art Center Theater in Ohio. I always like following what that community does because they're just fantastic group of creatives. And of course, everybody knows the Art Center Theater is a wonderful space for multimedia discipline in the arts. It's been going on since the 30s that they are focal point of the community and the creative community. And we were just mentioning to Mike during the break, you know, it's very interesting that we've got the both of you guys on the same show because, you know, Mike is developing a multidiscipline platform of, for creative for creative endeavor at La Cumbra. Kind of just came out of nowhere on a trip that he was inspired to do this. And then, you know, we've got the model of Ojai Art Center Theater that's been doing this sort of creative combustion tank for, you know, since the 30s. And Rosie, tell us, first of all, I haven't met you before. I know many of the many of the folks up there, but tell me about your background. You've been in theater a long time. I have. Um, thank you for having me, by the way. This is my first radio interview, so I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Ojai. I was born and raised here. I was here till I was 19. And um, I did the Ojai Shakespeare Festival growing up quite a bit. So that was a really neat environment to um, be introduced to acting and really fall in love with it. There were so many people that came up from LA and stuff that would love to spend a summer in Ojai. So I grew up doing that. I Moved away for a while, um, Santa Cruz and San Diego, and then I came back about six years ago. My husband is from Santa Barbara, and we had a child, and we wanted to be somewhere beautiful and close to our families. So, and so you're you live in Ojai now? I do, I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So now, what sort of theater did you do? Before? Obviously, you did the theater up in Ojai? You did yeah. those, yeah. I did a lot of Shakespeare, um, a lot of, you know, high school stuff. And then in San Diego, I did a few shows down there. I directed a few shows. I did five women wearing the same dress. I did um, Miracle on 34th Street. But about three years ago, I saw an audition notice for the Santa Paula Theater for their production of The Revolutionists. And I'd read that play before and done a reading. And I was so excited somebody was doing it. So I went up and auditioned and I got a chance to do that. And I, um, the director, Jesse Mae Stevenson, is now the artistic director of the Santa Paula Theater. And I met a lot of great people through that. I met uh, Taylor Cash, who is sort of a, a theater institution in the Ventura, Ojai area, um, and his partner, Cynthia. And then I worked with them for a while. And then an opportunity to direct came up at the Art Center with Cynthia playing the role of Becky. And I was ecstatic. Um, they're wonderful people to work with. And if you haven't seen Cynthia on stage, you really should. She is a powerhouse on stage and she is the anchor of this play. And you really enjoy the time that you spend with her when she's on stage. So I'm just excited to be a part of it. I got to ask you, where did you direct in San Diego? Um, at the Oceanside Theater Company. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I work for sure. You know, my, my background is, is all over the place in terms of arts, the arts are concerned, but I did for um, San Diego repertory theater when I was, yeah. you know, uh, probably 30 years ago or so I worked um, in verisimilitude and uh, set design and oh, nice. um, scene painting and, and, you know, this sort of thing. So, so, but I did a lot of um, what we used to be called verisimilitude where let's say you're doing an Ibsen play and I was, I was an art historian. So you say we're doing an Ibsen play. So find me Biedermeyer furniture, you know, of the period. And so yeah. I did a lot of that kind of, kind of work. 
Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. San Diego has great theater. We actually have, we have um, two wonderful people working on the show doing something sort of similar. We have Rick Sharp, who is an amazing artist and he did our scenic work. We have these big, beautiful billboards and trees. And then Paula Maxwell is our production designer. And so she sort of came up with a unified look for the show, costumes, furniture, set. So yeah, we're excited to have them be a part of this too and sort of um, do not quite the same thing, but similar. Yeah. So so Richard, you're giving us a sign. We got to go to quick break. Okay. We're still going to talk to... Um, Rosie, when we get back from the break about the play and what the what the nature of the play is. Um, and so don't turn that down. We're going to talk with her but about <laughs> about this fantastic little thing that she's putting together at Ohio Art Center Theater. Don't turn that down. Back in a minute. Welcome back. It's Elizabeth Stewart. I'm speaking with Rosie Gordon, who's the director of a new play at the Art Center Theater in Ojai. Rosie, tell us about the premise of the play. The play is um, Becky Foster is middle-aged, middle-income, working a, a middle, you know, job at a car dealership. And then one night, uh, a rather eccentric millionaire wanders in to buy some cars. And then it becomes sort of a question of um, the life not lived. You know, uh, Walter, the eccentric millionaire, has a line later where he says, do you ever do that? Imagine a sort of parallel life. And so Becky sort of tries to live uh, two parallel lives, which is very difficult as she finds out. But it's a really fun, quick play. Um, there is a lot of sort of messing around with the genre, messing around with the fourth wall. Um, and yeah, hijinks ensue. <laughs> it actually so reminds you, me would of- you, Would you like to describe for listeners the fourth wall? Oh, so the fourth wall is when you go to a show and the actors are clearly facing you and looking at you, but we all participate in the, we all do the willing suspension of disbelief and pretend that there is a wall there. They can't see us and they don't know that we're watching them. And this play definitely um, decides to mess around with that a little bit and maybe not hold that convention with such reverence. So it's really fun. It's really, it's done creatively and well. And uh, I think it adds an extra element that you don't always see in theater. So let me ask you this, you know, your lead is mm -hmm. you described as a powerhouse and yes. an institution. <laughs> How do you direct a powerhouse and an institution? Well, institution makes her sound like she's 102, which she's not. But her and Taylor had a, had a theater in Ventura, um, Flying H, and they did so many fantastic shows there. Um, I'm incredibly lucky that Cynthia and the rest of the amazing cast is mostly just excited to be there. All of us really love theater. There's nobody who is um, negative, dramatic. It's it's the nicest group of actors I think I've ever worked with. So professional. Yes, Cynthia is an amazing person to collaborate. She is hardworking, focused, full of ideas, and she really is like she commands the stage. She really does. She is very exciting to watch. So, so, so here you are and you're directing um, a, a seasoned 
professional. And do you suggest to her? Do you let her suggest to you? Everything's pretty collaborative. It's pretty enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, Taylor is in the show as well and producing it. And um, everybody and most people, most people in the show I've worked with before we um, there's a few new faces. One one actor, Max, is making his stage debut, which is exciting. So it's a big variety. So mostly um, you make a few tweaks, you make a few suggestions. It's really hard to see yourself when you're on stage. You can't direct yourself. You do need somebody on the outside an objective viewer to say, that's not quite working. Why don't we try this? Let's increase this, you know, and you just sort of make some um, suggestions and everybody takes them wonderfully because they're fantastic actors. Got it. Oh, Rosie, give, 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 give us the dates of the play. We open January 27th. We run for four weekends until February 19th, Friday and Saturday at 7.30, Sunday at two. And where do we get tickets? You can go to the Art Center's website, um, and buy tickets. You also can buy season tickets. They've got a wonderful season this year with some great, great plays. Um, and yeah, I believe it's on their website. Well, thank you, Rosie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks and, for uh, having me. Yeah, yeah, good luck with the play. I'll, I'll, I'll be there to take a look at it myself. Thanks, Yay. Richard. Bye, Rosie. Thanks for having me. Sure.